Good morning. I'm excited to be here. We're in the 30-day window, and Pastor said to uh, share a little bit about why I'm here and why I've been coming. For those, because there may be some folks in here that don't know who I am and what, what's going on. Uh, my name is Ron Ludekaus. Uh, I accepted the Lord as my Savior on December 4, 1995. Praise the Lord. Brother Lonnie Wiggins was at the pulpit at the first uh, Missionary Baptist Church in Redlands, California. And uh, the Lord got a hold of me. That was 35 years ago. That's why I stumbled there for a second trying to remember the name of the church. We get that way as we get older, don't we? But I'd never forget the situation where I accepted Christ as my Savior because I was a man of the world. I truly was, like a lot of you, into the drugs, the alcohol, and all that stuff. And God saved my soul, praise the Lord, that day. And it changed everything. And I was... <laughs> I always weep. But I was in the pew weeping uh, because I was thinking, it is 35 years. Praise the Lord. I'm here. That's awesome. And you know me. That's awesome. Because I know the Lord. And so those of you that don't know me, I know the Lord. If you know the Lord, we're kin. Amen? And, and, and over along that 35 uh, years, I surrendered to the mission field and surrendered to become a preacher. And I represent what's known as the Outreach Bible Project, and more specifically, the West Coast Outreach Bible Project. And we started going to big events like the Olympics and sharing the gospel of Christ. And then people said, well, there's those of us that cannot go to those lengths. What about more local? What about Super Bowl? Ooh, good idea. So here we are. And Super Bowl's coming to Las Vegas next month. Amen? Yeah, buddy. And we're going to have an outreach. This church is hosting an outreach. Yeah. And there's people coming from all over the country that want to share the gospel of Christ right here through this church out on those streets. It is going to be amazing. We're going to have a great time. I want all of you to come. It will be so awesome. It would really, really be a great thing for the church and for you and your walk with the Lord. Well, I don't do outreach. Really? Do you love the Lord? Do you love what the Lord has given you? What is the most important thing in your life? It's Jesus Christ and salvation. Why would you want to hide that? Bury it in the ground away from others. Come with us. Pray about it. So many times it changes people's lives. I went on an outreach in 2008. I was an avid church-going person, dedicated youth group, doing what I could. And then I went on an outreach. That was 20 years, 15 years after I was saved, 2008, do the math. Just under 20 years. And I say today, I'm still on that outreach. It changed my life that much. It truly did. I came back and I surrendered to the mission field and surrendered to preach and, and do the work. And now I'm here today and it's just, it goes on and on and on. So that's who I am. I am Brother Ron, or I like to say just Ron. Look what God has done with just Ron and what God could do with just you. Because it's all God. Glory to God, right? Amazing things if you let him work in you. 
That's what I like to see. So now you know a little bit about me. And I was going to come up here because it was in the 30-day window of that outreach. I came up here a few weeks ago. Uh, I was here for Sunday and Monday. I'd stopped by, went home on Monday. Tuesday, I was sick and sick for three weeks. So I share that because some of you have come to shake my hand and give me hugs, and I love to do it. But I'm not going to go home sick this time. Okay, so I love you. So I'm officially shaking every one of your hands, and I'm hugging every one of you. Because we have an outreach to come up in in less than a month. So please don't be offended if I don't shake your hand. But you understand, brother, I I didn't, you know, I I have a hard time not shaking a hand. So if you'll bear with me, I love you for that, okay? Uh, That being said, I think the air is clear. You know who I am. You know I won't shake your hand. (laughs) And I was going to come up and, and I got the word that pastor wasn't feeling well. And I got the message that, well, since you're coming up, well, there'd be a 70% chance that you might be speaking. I said, well, praise the Lord. But pray for the pastor. But you, as a preacher, that 70% chance is kind of like, mm, mm, okay, well, I got to prepare because I can't go unprepared. So Thursday, I was working on it. Friday, I was working on it. It just wasn't clicking and clicking. And, and then Saturday morning, yesterday morning, I was up at 630 And the Lord placed a message on my heart, and it just flowed. And I said, praise God for that. And I went through, and I put everything down. And and as soon as I hit the conclusion and hit the the period for the end of the sentence, there came a text message from your pastor. I mean, it was like, I need you to preach tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There is no coincidences here. You know what I mean? There, it's just not a coincidence with the Lord. And then we come in, and the class that you guys had, and brother, oh, I was like sitting on my hands because you were stomping all over my message. And you'll see as I share, you're going, oh, my goodness. You, young lady, you know, I'm, I'm talking, yes, you, you actually sounded off the name of my message. How can we know? You said it in class. How can we know? That's what I entitled the message. And we got into conversations about questions here. And those of you that were in class, you'll understand. And I was, I, I'm bubbling over. I was just like, I'm at hoo-wee. Okay. So I'll try to keep it under control and, and share with you the best that I can what the Spirit has placed on my heart. And what we've already started to discuss as a church this morning in class, and it was wonderful. So here we go, okay? When my eyes get a little watery, it's very difficult to see. How can we know is the title of the message that the Lord had placed on my heart. And, and most of the time, the, 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 the title comes later. You know that pastor, it, it something clicks in it. This was before I even started. It was, how can I know? Um, how can we know? We need proof. We need proof. I'm one of those show-me persons, right? Since I was saved, questions about God, Jesus, life, death, many other topic, topics seem to increase the, the, the questions and the topics and wonder increase just as fast as they're answered. You get that? Do you feel that, brothers and sisters? I mean, the more you study, the more you know. The, the more questions 
you have. Does that make sense? I find an answer to a question, and I have ten more questions about what I just learned. It just goes on. It's actually a very wonderful thing, and more that I get into it, and the more I understand about God and the Bible, the more I desire to learn. I want to know more. I need to know. If the questions are really there, and I have questions on my heart, I need to find the answers. You said it. How do you know? How do you know these things? I need to know. If you have questions... Where do you look? Here. Here. When you're younger in the faith, you don't go here. You don't look here as much. You, you hear. You hear about your security. You hear about what happens. You, you hear and you take people's word for it. But you don't jump in and read. Most people don't. I don't know about you, but I wasn't the greatest in the, in the English department. I was the math guy, not the English guy, not the reading guy, not the comprehension guy. I, was, I can't retain. But, but the questions keep coming. So, and, and we're going to... God's word has a wonderful way of answering what we need to know and then intriguing us to seek and to desire more. And then we talk about that in class, that milk, uh, right at the beginning, right? From the ABCs to the, what was it? PhD. You were right on it from the beginning of the class. We need to know more and we need to talk about, we need to learn more. And And it's all in God's word. When will we get that? And how long does it take you to get to that point where you realize that? It's in God's word. The answers are there. The questions are there. And it's so simple and it flows so beautifully because that's the way God wants it. Okay? Because God, and we've heard it over and over in class, is loving and caring and wants you to know that. And wants you to know, have hope. Okay. We're going to go into the, the book of John. Okay. And, and, and in the book of John, we got a disciple here. We got a book written by a disciple. And, 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 and you literally, as you read it, you can place yourself in the room, in this point of life, in the point of history, with Christ being with his own disciples, in the intimacy, in the love. Okay, and so as we read this uh, in God's word, there's, like I had mentioned, always questions that we have, and then there's questions that come up. And in the scriptures, we're going to focus in 13 and 14. And in these little bits of scriptures, let me throw out some of the, the questions and or answers that, that will probably come across. We will come across, and I'll point them out, or you'll look for them. There's, I'm going to throw out six of them. Okay, here's some, here's some things. What 
disciple did Jesus love? You know? Was, now you like this. Was Judas saved? Did we talk about that in class? How did you know, brother? The, it's here. And, and, and I, I wrote down here when I was young and new in the faith, there was some deacons that asked me, was Judas saved? And you went there. Was Judas saved? Am I a disciple of Christ? Do you think these things, brothers, sisters? How do I get saved? Praise the Lord. Most of us here are saved. Maybe you're not. How do you get saved? If you're not saved, we don't want you to leave without knowing how to get saved. You'll hear it in the scripture here. How do you get saved? It's right here. It's all over the word. All you got to do is look at the read. Why do we always say we pray in the name of Jesus Christ? Is that just the way it is? Why do we always do that? You hear it all the time. In Christ's name I pray. I do it all the time too. I didn't actually know where the scripture was. I do now. I have two parts. And we're going to work on the setting first, okay? And, and so, uh, as this being said, and as it is to tra the tradition of this church, you honor the Lord and the Lord's word by standing as we read the Lord's word. So if you will all stand. Uh, and I got that from the last time I got to share here. Uh, in John 13... We are going to read, I will read, um, John chapter 13, and I will begin in verse 21. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit, and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one another, doubting of whom he spoke, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then, lying on Jesus' breast, said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sup when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sup, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sup, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest, doest quickly. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the blessing that it is in our lives, Father. I pray the Holy Spirit guide and direct us now as we look at these verses and that we take them into our hearts and understand more and how important your word is in our life, Father. Teach us the, the things and the meanings that you have here for us, Father. Open our minds, our hearts, our spirits to understand and to desire more, Father. I thank you so much for this church again, Father, and I thank you for Christ especially and, 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 and seeing how Christ loves us so much in these verses. Father, I thank you for that. Father, forgive us for where we fail you, and we ask these blessings and favors in Christ's name. Amen. So, working on the setting of the situation, because I wanted to, 
uh, work on a, a little bit of a message towards the end, but the whole thing might just become the message. The setting here, let's look at that. In verse 21, Jesus said, I'm troubled in the spirit. And remember, he's, in, he's somewhere. It doesn't say specifically where he's at, but he's with his disciples. Jesus is troubled. He's troubled. And we see he's with his disciples in verse 22. Okay? The first question that I had asked you, what disciple did Jesus love? And you see that we see one of his disciples whom he loved. Right here it asks, but it doesn't say who it was. But if we study and we seek it out, we'll find that that was John. I was always wondered as I'm, I was a younger one in the faith, who was that disciple? And did he mean he only loved that one? No. He loved them all. But what an intimate relationship he had with John. That was one special one. Oh, those of us that have children. We have children. We will never say one is more than the other. But there's one that certainly will lay on your breast and touch your heart more than others. It's usually the girls. <laughs> I won't go there. But those questions come up and you wonder. And it makes you wonder and it makes you realize you can go on all, each little verse you can build on. Because 12 disciples, one that loves so much, and then we go into verses just a little bit further, one that's going to betray me. All in the same room. What a setting. Does that, as a young person in the faith, what do, how do I know? Well, you read. And you learn. And you understand that the Lord loves all. But there is ones that do more. Ones that try more. You think about parables throughout the Bible and those where the master is given talents and what they do with them and what we can do. And you hear of rewards and it being mentioned. And we don't do rewards. We heard that in class for ourselves. We do that for the Lord. But, but there's, there's motivation there. Do we want to do things for the Lord? Do we want to stay just at that Sunday morning only state in our life? And do we want to do more? John clearly had a really intimate relationship with the Lord, the one that he loved so dearly, it says. Wow. Well, if you were one of the 12, which one would you want to be? You know, we are in the flesh, but we're in the spirit. I would want to be the, the one that he loves so dearly, but that just doesn't happen. That takes effort. On my part, you learn these things. You go, you go, right? We see one of the disciples he loved. That was, that was that first question. And Jesus is telling of the disciple that betrayed him, Judas. And I just got such a kick out of that in class that we, we went down that path about Judas. And, 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 and you read it here specifically. And, and let me write here. Because I hadn't thought of it in years. And, and yesterday morning, it was right there in my face. And I remember that an uh, old deacon from Coachella came up to me one time. And it was so random. And he said, was Judas saved or not? I went, oh, 
you know? And at the time, I said, yes, he was saved. That's what I thought. Because of what was pointed out in class as well, and you see it right here. It says that Jesus answered, and he said, it is to whom that I shall give sup, and it's verse 26, when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sup, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now, here's my mind, and just what was explained in class, too. Well, he's there, he's one of the 12. He must be saved. He's in that setting. And that's what I thought as a young child of God. And after the sup, Satan entered into him. Well, how many of us does Satan manipulate as a child of God? And this is my thinking in the path that I went after, and I left it at that. Children of God, you here today sitting, it clearly says that Satan can use you still, and we know that. If you take your focus off the spirit and focus on the flesh, it's that quick. A disciple betraying Jesus in this setting? Can you imagine? And we think of our own lives and our own walk for the Lord. Where are we at? Are we that susceptible to Satan coming in and swaying us? Bible says all we have to do is get behind me, Satan, and tell him, out of here. Because what is in us is greater than him. Amen? It's much greater than him. So we are able to direct Satan right out. Or we listen. Where are you at? And I won't chase that any further. But it's intriguing that it's brought up in class as well. Amen. Verse 33, we see in these verses, Jesus preparing his disciples for his crucifixion. In verse 33. What does a loving parent do in the case where they know they are departing? What does Jesus do with his disciples in this loving setting? And the, actually, I say loving setting, it's, 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 it's all over the place, isn't it? You got John on, on Christ's breast. You got uh, betrayal. We get into denial in a little bit. It's all over. How do I know, sister? We're going to read. We're going to read. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not looking at you on any... Implication, I'm just amazed that God used, there's no, co no, no uh, coincidence here, right? There's no coincidence. Love, betrayal, uh, uh, um, denial. But the parent that loves his children just like Christ loves his disciples, just like the Father loves Christ and Christ loves us in the order as it should be. And every, the Father wants to see us glorify Christ, which will glorify the Father all through there. Amen? He wants to prepare. Christ is troubled in spirit, as it's said right at the beginning, because he has to share with this group that he's going away, he's going to get crucified. He's heading for that cross. Crucifixion. And he knows exactly what is going to transpire and how awful it is going to be and how terrible that death is going to be and the shame that he has to go through 
for our sin. And can you imagine sharing that with your child? Well, son, daughter, I'm going to get taken out and crucified because of what you have done. And do it in a loving way. So they will be encouraged, not discouraged. Not just for the 12, but for everybody from that point on. For you and I as well. In a loving way. Starting to get the setting here, huh? Wow. Wow. That loving parent tells those 12 men. Actually, at that point, it's 11, right? Because one is left. A new commandment I give unto you. It's the first thing he tells the boys. Just right where he starts after Judas is gone. How do I start this conversation? Y'all need to love each other. It's primary. He knew that the only way that those disciples and the only way that we are going to get through all of this and accept the fact that the world has crucified Christ is that we love one another. <laughs> we love one another in such a fashion that we'd be willing to die for one another. You ever wonder why that feeling is different from our physical family and our church family? Huh? That was one of those big things. I remember when I was a young child of God, young in the faith. I want to know, how do you know you have faith? How do we have faith? It's in Romans 10, 17, right? Faith come by hearing. And hearing the word of God. How do we know what to do? How do we know we love each other? Because it says in the word of God, I made it through the first page. We got three pages to go. No worries. I don't either. I mean, I do, but it doesn't matter. I say that as a kick because, I, you know, when I study this, it's, it's just so overwhelming and wonderful. In verses 36 to 38, we read Peter's denial in Christ. Right there in that same room, same time. Just after God says, love each other. Right? And he explains to him that he's going to go away. That they, some will deny him. In 36 through 38. Let's go there. Simon Peter said unto him, or no, let's back up a little further. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. We love each other like Christ loved us. By this, all men shall know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. I think that was one of my questions, wasn't it? Number three, am I a disciple of Christ? Do you love one another? Do you love the children of God? 
It answers the question right there, and if you just read through it, you know you're a disciple of Christ. If you love the children of God and you love the brothers and sisters at the church, you're a disciple of Christ. Amen. Right? Amen, you're a disciple. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, whether I go, thou cannot follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter say unto him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. And Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lie down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock, shall crow, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Jesus says, I gotta go. Boys, you gotta love each other. You gotta love each other. Not just by loving each other will you make things work, but the world will know you're set apart. You're my disciples. But I gotta go. And and, and, and Peter wants to go. i got to admit, I'm, I've, I've heard lately a lot of people bash Peter. They also bash Doubting Thomas. But I have to confess, I can really relate with them as a human being, as a child of God myself, because I get anxious and I want to jump out there and I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. I want to get first in line if it sounds good. But sometimes we need to wait. And God, Christ... Sets Peter straight. Before morning, Peter, before morning, before the cock crows, before the sun comes up, you will deny me three times. In those verses, I've known for a long time because you hear about them. And you hear them and you go on and you don't think much about them. But come on, brothers and sisters in Christ, how many times do we deny Christ? How many times in a day? How many times do we not do what we know we're supposed to do? How many times do we see somebody and know we ought to say something we don't? How many times do we not do the right thing? How many times do we deny Christ? When you go to bed tonight, just to, for instance, think back from this point here to the time you close your eyes tonight. Think back and say, did I deny Christ today? And think about it. And it's, it's sobering how difficult it is to live in this body. Amen? Knowing that we, even apostles sitting right there, one of them betrays God, Christ altogether, and Peter, Christ tells him right out, you're going to deny me three times before the day's out. Come on. Come on. Let's be real. How can we know? We do the best we can. We listen to the word. Right? And the questions come up, but the questions get answered as we go along, and it's a wonderful thing. It truly is. Step in. We're going to go into chapter 14 for a little bit right now, and let's, let's visit uh, verse uh, 1 and 2. Let not your heart be troubled. Now, remember, we got the setting pretty much down here, right? We're close to that. But, but Christ is still talking to the disciples, and he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Where did Christ go? Why did Christ have to leave in the first place? Why didn't he just stay? Well, he had to take on the sin for us, right? He had to take on our sin, and he had to go prepare a place for us. There's a lot of us. Maybe not a lot here in the building, not as much as we want. 
But think of all that saved children of God over time. Since Christ. Since before Christ. Those that called upon his name. How many people are going to be in heaven? Oh, what a glorious time it will be. Huh? I got to know. I need comfort. Well, Christ has gone to prepare a place for us. And we see that right in scripture. Question number four. Where did Christ go to prepare a place for us? Next, we see doubting Thomas. <laughs> in verse five. Thomas saith unto the Lord, We know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man come to the Father but by me. So if you are here and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you want to get saved and go to heaven, nobody gets there lest they know Jesus Christ. Nobody. How many people out there believe in God? A lot of them. But does that mean they're going to make it to heaven? Oh, no. No one gets to God the Father in heaven if they don't know Jesus Christ. It's right there. How do you get there? Call upon the name of Jesus. Repent. And you will be saved. Amen. It's, and nobody else. No other way is it possible. This is the word that the world needs to know. All of the world, all of the lost, to come to know the Father through Jesus Christ. It is right there. Jesus say unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Salvation through Jesus Christ. Amen. I have sat... In, with opposition to me, literally on a train car, traveling to London, across from a Muslim man, sharing these exact verses and explaining to him there is no way he is getting to God if he will not accept Jesus Christ. And the whole car was silent. And my team was giving away John and Romans as we spoke. I'll never forget the moment. What a moment. Sharing Christ. All the way in England. On the way to London. On the way to an Olympic game. With a Muslim man from another part of the world. Lost as could be. Praise the Lord. Simple verses. Simple answers to questions. How do you get to Jesus? Through Jesus. Or how do you get to God? Through Jesus. Amen. No other way. Clearly. Christ is with his disciples through all of this, a private setting with conversations meant for his disciples, children of God, right? Just like us here today, children of God. That means this is just as important for you and I today as it was when Christ was with his disciples. This is not rocket science, I love to say. It's simple Bible. It's the ABCs. That's why it's always, why do you give away John and Romans? The book of John and Romans and not the whole Bible. On the outreaches, 
well, logistics and costs is the reason why we don't give the whole Bible away. Because understand, at the Olympic Games, we give the Bibles out in 22 different languages. We have to get them there. We have found the book of John, a gospel, is one of the best, if not the best way to come to know Jesus Christ personally, to learn the basics about salvation. The Roman road is the way to salvation. Henceforth, the book of John and the book of Romans is the one that we give away and we'll give away at the outreach. Amen. Right? Because it's not rocket science. How do we know? We know because we read the Word of God. And we understand from that. We get clear answers to clear questions. If you love each other, the world will know you're a disciple. Right? They'll know it because it's an odd thing for anybody to do anymore, to love each other. Other than a lustful way. That's the world way. Pass the sign, the big billboard in town coming this way. The love store. Well, how far off is that? It should have said the sex store, but it has nothing to do with the love. We're talking love, which is amazingly important. It's the top of the list as far as Christ is concerned. Amen? The, the top of the list. Now I get to the message. Now that we got the setting and we're understood. And the message is a message of comfort. And... and, and it, it's something, it's touching to me, and I will read it to you. Uh, and this is what I wanted to share core of, and, and it is in, Mar and in John 14, and you just move a little bit further down. I'm going to start in verse 15 and read a couple of verses there. If you love me, keep my commandments. We've already heard that, right? Well, close to it. If you love, if you love one another, that's number one. Christ starts here, and it's Christ speaking. He's still in that same setting with his disciples. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then we talked about the Holy Spirit in class today, whether he was in the disciples or not. And right here, verse 16, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16, here it is. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. There it is. There is the calling for the Holy Spirit that we talked about in class. That was I getting all excited again. Okay, because it was right there. And you know what I said? Oh, oh, I know the answer to that one, teacher. Because they didn't have the Holy Spirit then because yesterday I was in the Word and that verse was there. And the disciples didn't have the Holy Spirit then. And I knew the answer and that excites me. <laughs> but I, I, it's awesome. Because the loving Jesus that we have Love his disciples so much, said, don't worry, I will send another. I won't keep you comfortless. I won't. I will send the comforter. And that he may abide with you for a couple of days until you settle down. <sighs> Forever. Forever. Once he comes, he ain't going. He's like a pesky relative, right? <laughs> He's moving in and he ain't moving out. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah. 
even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But we know him, for he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. That Holy Spirit is in you, brothers and sisters. Always. I will, in verse 18, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And here's where it really gets sweet in verse 19. Yet a little while, and the world see me no more, but ye see me because I live, and ye shall live too. He's going to live after that crucifixion, after that physical death, and you shall too. Now that excites me. That's that promise. How do you know that you're, it's right here in God's word is how I know, because Christ said he's living, and so is his disciples. So are those that call upon the name of Jesus. I'm going to live too. And it says in verse 20, and here that is, that at the day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. The day that we pass in this physical death to our glorified body, whoo, that is going to be a glorious day. That is going to be the day that you know without a doubt that this is the truth. This is the truth. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, then you will come to a physical death, and that's it. It will be death forever and separation from God. And it's a whole different lesson, but it's not a pretty thing. But if you call upon the name of Jesus, he will be in you. The Holy Spirit will be in you. And all this you will experience. Because this is Jesus talking to his disciples together, the ones that he loves and he is called. Like you. How do you know? Because Christ said so. Right? We're going to live forever in glory with him. Amen. And all of this pales in comparison. So what is important now, brothers and sisters? Those of you that have called upon the Lord, and I can call brothers and sisters, what is the priority? <clears throat> right? You think about it. Preach the word. Share the word. This church is commissioned by Christ himself to share the gospel to a lost and dying world. Not one, not a committee, not a group. Oh, that's, that's not what, I, I do this and I do that, but I don't do, you don't talk about Jesus? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And if you don't, you need to. And I say that not to bash you, because I love you as a brother. There will be a day we all will be before the Lord. All of us. And we will answer for what we did and what we did not do. There you go. We have a big event coming up. You pray about that event. You come with us at that event if you possibly can. 
It's a life-changing situation. And maybe not just for you, but maybe, maybe God will use your vessel to lead somebody to the Lord. Maybe. Could happen. I've seen it happen many, many times. People just like you getting to lead somebody to Christ. Wow. I mentioned earlier, what does a loving father do when he knows he will leave? He prepares his children. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He says he'll send the, the comforter. He says he won't leave us comfortless. And he says in a little while, they won't see him anymore. The world won't see him anymore, but his disciples will see him. And that's very true. At that day, the day that you pass away, you will understand that all this is true. Amen? We think about what is the priority and when you hear verses like this and you understand that the Holy Spirit has indwelt your body, it has to make you think and realize, well, that means wherever I go, whatever I say, whatever I do, the Holy Spirit is present. It's, it, Paul pointed it out to the, the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 6.19. What? What? Twice. What? What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Because you're bought and paid for. Christ went to that cross for us, right? Amen? We're not our own. It's about those others that are lost and going to, to hell because they, know, they don't know Christ as their personal Savior. Amen. Now, if you're in that position today, I pray. And you can, you can do this from right where you're at or you can do this right here. But I pray that you call upon the name of Jesus if you haven't come to know Christ as your personal Savior yet. I pray this is the day. We would call it your birthday. I remember mine, December 4, 95. Praise the Lord. A lot of you do. Some of you, maybe not, but that's okay. It was just, but this could be your day if you don't know Christ. And you could do it from there. You could do it right here. But I pray you do it. We're going to have an invitation today, okay? And that's kind of a, a Baptist traditional thing, right? And, and we sing. And we don't have a pianist today, but that's okay. Because I bet you everybody knows that song just as I am. And so the song leader is going to come up and we're going to try to do that song just as I am. And as we sing this song, I want you to think about that. And if you don't know Christ, you call on Christ. You just ask Christ in your heart. That's all you have to do. There's no special words. There is just a, a humbling of the soul. It's like, gosh, I know. I know I'm a sinner. And you know it. You know you do things that are wrong. And you call upon Jesus and say, please forgive me. And that's it. It's not that difficult. And bam, you will see how the Spirit, at that moment, if you take that step, the Holy Spirit will dwell your soul. You will be, you will be comfort. You will never be comfortless again. Wow. That's how we do it, huh, brother. That's how we have comfort. Because we have the comforter in us. 
And you're right, I don't know how the world does it without salvation as your 